You know, it's springtime and the weather's warming up a little bit. And if you're like me, you, you're kind of ready to get back outside and do something, right? You make some, you make some plans. And the trees are, you know, I mean, whether, whether we want to get outside or not, the trees are starting to put on buds and the flowers and the grass is turning green. The earth is starting its renewal cycle. Whether we, whether we want to or not, God's universe is starting again, right? The, you know, the old crops are gone. Farmers are thinking about planting new crops. The whole cycle has started again. So we're going to talk about new beginnings for us at the same time, right? The, the earth starts its renewal cycle year in, year out, whether we like it or not, or whether we want to participate or not. But most of us, I think, when it starts warming up a little bit, we kind of think about wanting to get outside, right? And we, we start thinking about, you know, well, there's some, some new projects I'd like to do. There's some places I'd like to go. Maybe there's a, a distant relative I'd like to visit. We start making plans for, you know, springtime, right? We want to go spring, maybe where are we going to the beach this year, and those kind of things. Am I the only one that does that? Nobody else does that. Nobody else does that. Okay, well, like I said, this is for me. And then, you know, we also set some personal goals, right? We say, hey, I'm going to eat healthier this year. I'm going to exercise a little bit more. You know, I need to lose a few pounds to get in that bathing suit that I'm going to be wearing to the beach and stuff like that, right? So, so we all start making some personal plans on what we're going to do and, and, and those kinds of things. And we, we set some goals for our body, right? You know, uh, we're going to lose weight, we're going to eat healthier. But the fact is, one day this body is going to fail. One day Bob is going to die. Flat out, I'm going to die. If Jesus tarries, maybe not. But if Jesus tarries, Bob, it's going to die. This body is going to be put in a whatever casket here, and I'll be gone, right? But the spirit man, right, is going to live forever. Amen. Bob, the spirit's going to live forever, ever. But we seldom make plans for the spirit man, right? We don't say, well, we're going to make the spirit man a little stronger this year. We're going to make the spirit man maybe a little more attentive to what God says. We, we make plans for the, for, the, for the physical man, which is going to end up dying. And we make no plans. Bob makes no plans for the spirit man who's going to live forever. Right? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Why do we do that? That's not too smart. Is that smart? No, that's not smart. So, for, for Bob and for anybody else who, uh, who hasn't set goals for the spirit man, it's never too late, right? Never too late with God. Um, let's read in Lamentations. That's, that's way back there. Lamentations 3, starting with 21. Right? This talks about God's mercy and passion, compassion, are renewed every day. You know what I mean? Like, yesterday is gone, 
God's mercy and love are renewed every day. They are available to us every day when we wake up. In fact, they were available to us when we were sleeping too. But God's mercy and compassion. Where am I? Lamentations 3, 21. You got it, Thomas? And this guy, I, I like that yet. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because the Lord's great love, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassion, compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So God's love and mercy and compassion is new every day. So if we hadn't set goals before, not too late. Never too late with God. All right? How many people, when you, when, when you drive somewhere, use a GPS to get there? Nobody raise his hands? Raise hands. This is participation day. Participation day. Who does that? Almost everybody. I remember way back when, I mean, and, and it's really pretty amazing. Me and Liam was talking about that the other day. It's pretty amazing how much information is right there on your phone, right? I remember when you used to go to high school football games, you used to get down the fold-out map, and you'd kind of say, we're going this highway, and then we turn in there. And then when you got close enough, you started looking for the lights, right? Everybody looking for the lights. Where's the lights? We'd find the field, right? Don't have to do that anymore. So, so when, you, when you're driving along with your GPS and you make a wrong turn, what does the thing say to you? Recalculating. Recalculating. How many people talk back to the machine? Everybody talks back to the machine. Recalculating. Well, God is continually sending us recalculated information to get us back on track. Right? He is constantly doing that. So, you know, there is no wrong turn. We, no matter what kind of turns you've ever made, it wasn't a wrong turn. We, we can recover from it, right? You're, I mean, sometimes it says, make a U-turn at the next, you know, when it finally gets disgusted enough with you, it'll say, make a U-turn at the next thing, right? So, God, in his compassion and mercy, it's always sending us a new plan, a new direction, something to get us back, get Bob back on course, right? And, you know, we're not alone in this, right? I mean, if, you, if we, Bob, Bob's not alone. Bob's not alone because, let's read um, Romans chapter 7, verse 18. This is Paul. This is where Paul says, the, the good stuff I want to do, I don't do. And the bad stuff that I don't want to do, that's exactly what I do. So Romans chapter 7. Let me find my page. Romans chapter 7, verse 9. Nope. 18, excuse me. For I, you got that? For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, don't we all? But I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil that I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. See, me and Paul, we just alike. 
he wants to do good, but he doesn't do it. He keeps on doing the, and the evil that he doesn't want to do. That's exactly what he does. All right? Are we getting there yet? Y'all all paying attention? All right. All right, let's talk about farmers for a second, right? We're going we gonna to get around to the, to the parable of the sower and the seed and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, as springtime approaches, the farmers are thinking about planting a new crop, a new beginning. The old crop is gone, sold, eaten, whatever it is, gone. He's thinking about planting a new crop. You know, and, and the first thing that he does, right, is he prepares the soil. And now let's, let's uh, read in Luke uh, chapter 8, verse 4. Chapter 8, verse 4. I can't see if you dare. You dare? Yep. Boy, y'all faster than me, boo. All right. And while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and it was trampled on and the birds ate it up. And some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. And other seeds fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked out the plants, choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. So, so Jesus is talking about a parable, so he's, he's making a, like seed is being sown and the different soils and that kind of stuff, and we'll get back to that. And the, the farmer, he tills the soil, and he puts the right amount of fertilizer in it, and, you know, beforehand, he's out there walking in, in the field and looking at the dirt. And he, he may even get some kind of, uh, uh, send his dirt to get some analysis to see exactly what nutrients he needs to add. So he's planning ahead on what he needs to do. And next, the farmer selects the seed that he wants to plant. But he must carefully select the best seed, right? So if he is looking for corn, he's not going to plant watermelon seed. And if he's looking for squash, not going to plant beans, right? That's some basic farming stuff. Most farmers can understand that kind of stuff, right? And once the plant comes up, right, the farmer must control the weeds that are growing up in it, right? Because when you plant the seed, then the weeds come up, right? And what do the weeds do? They choke it out, right? They, they, they use the nutrients. They, they use the moisture. They take everything away from the plant. So the plant really can't mature like it's supposed to. Making sense? We're getting there. This is um, FHA. What that? FFA. Future Farmers. Future Farmers. Using Future Farmers. Future Farmers. That's a Future Farmer. If, if the farmer doesn't control the weeds, he's just not going to make any kind of crop. Well, we're getting there now, right? All right, so, and when he plants the crop, right, plants the seed and the fertilizer, he expects to receive a crop. 
You ever seen a farmer that planted stuff and said, well, I don't think anything's going to grow, but I'm going to go ahead and spend all this money and seed and stuff and just let it go, right? Farmers don't do that, right? He expects the thing to grow, and he sticks with it. And some things like rainfall and storms and that kind of stuff, I don't know if he control. He personally doesn't control all that. But he expects his crop to grow. He doesn't, he doesn't plant it, and then when it starts to grow up a little bit, he just plows it up and says, no, nah, I, don't, I don't think it was going to do that. I, I, I'm just going to quit with that. So now, that's what the farmer does of, of a farmer. Now, see, let's see how that relates to, to what, what Jesus was trying to say. Let's go to Luke 8, but we're going to skip down to verse 11. And this is Jesus, and he said, This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. And those along the path are the ones who hear. Then the, the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. And those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. And they believe for a while, and in a time of testing they fall away. And the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So this was Jesus' explanation of what was happening here. So, let's do a recap here. So now, we got the four things, right? We got the soil, we got the seed, we got the weeds, and then we have the crop. Soil, seed, weeds, crop. I like it when people outline stuff, say, I'm going to say four more things, and then you count down. Okay, that's one. He said one, two. Then you can kind of figure out where you are. When are you going to quit talking, right? I like that. All right, so the soil. Jesus said the good, the good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart. And I believe developing good soil. The soil is your heart, right? So develop to develop good soil, you have to study and meditate in God's Word. You have to pray to God and expect Him to answer you. And, you know, if we would go back to Psalms 91, like we talked about before, He said, He that dwells in the secret place. So, you've got to dwell there, right? You can't just visit, you can't just stop by there every once in a while on the way home from work or something, right? You've got to dwell there to make this soil fertile for God's word, okay? And the seed. Now, Jesus said that the seed was God's word. And this was, he was talking mainly about salvation in this particular parable. But there are a lot of other seeds out there. There are seeds of bitterness. There's seeds of envy, jealousy, hate, and all of these seeds, believe me, will come up and bear fruit, right? So if you're sowing seeds of bitterness in your heart or envy and jealousy in your heart, they're going to come back. It's going to come back good. Let's read in Hosea 
chapter 8, verse 7. This is where Hosea is talking about the, uh, the Jewish people. And I'm just going to read the first part of this. And he say that they sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. Right? This is back to that hundred times more kind of stuff from the good seed. But, it, but we can also get a hundred times more stuff from the bad seed. Right? So we've got to be careful what kind of seed we're planting here. Make sure that we sow seeds first of salvation, but also we sow seeds of love and mercy, compassion. Those kind of seeds are the seeds we need to sow in our heart, not the ones of bitterness and envy. And now down to the weeds, the soil, the seed, now the weeds. Weeds. Jesus said the weeds are life's worries, riches, and pleasures. The weeds are distractions. Don't we have distractions? The world is full of distractions, and the list grows every day. All right? We got any TV show you want to see, anytime you want to see it, I think. I never find one on there that's worth watching. But, and I've watched all the Matt Dillon reruns. So, uh, streaming, games, playing on your phone. There's always something to entertain you, to keep you from taking care of the soil, getting your heart right, the seed, planting the right seeds in your heart. There's always a distraction. Satan makes a living doing that kind of stuff, getting you to move on to something else. I don't have time for that now. That, and like, again, that's just me. I know you probably don't have that same issue. We have to be disciplined, which is tough, to make sure we make time for God's word. Right? Make sense? All right, now the crop. Now after we got the soil, the seed, and we keeping out the weeds, we're doing good. Now we've got to make a crop. And Jesus said we make a good crop by hearing the word, retaining it, and by persevering. Perseverance is the key. The farmer expects a good crop. He keeps his eye on the crop. He keeps working at the crop. Right? He doesn't plant it one day and plow it up the next. We can't get our heart ready, plant the seeds, and then just forget about it. We've got to keep working at it. We've got to keep keeping the weeds out that distract us from doing what God wants us to do. And Paul told the Colossians in 2 Colossians 6, 7, 6 and 7. And when he, this, is, this is where we're talking about perseverance fighting the good fight, those kinds of things. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. I'm sure it's up there. Oop, not quite. Yep. So then, just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, continue, continue, continue to live your lives in him. Rooted, rooted. That, that, that's getting back to being dwelling in a place. That's a stationary, you, you're there. You're not here today and, and somewhere else tomorrow. You're rooted, built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So 
Paul is telling the Colossians here, you got to stay the course. You got to hold on to this faith that you have. You can't just throw it off. You can't just do it once in a while. You got to be consistent. You have to be disciplined. You've got to hold on, right? And then Paul, when he was talking to Timothy, and, um, and I won't go to this scripture, but in Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, 7, Paul said, I have fought the good fight. This is a fight. There's no, Satan is not going to give you anything or let you get away with getting anything for free. It is a fight. And you have to be willing to fight to keep it, right? Can't, can't go today, change your mind tomorrow. All right, so, I don't know how long this is taking, but it's taking about all I'm going to take. Uh, <laughs> all right, so, if we want our spirit man, who, we, who, who Bob rarely makes plans for, right? But if we want our spirit man to grow and be healthy, we've got to prepare our, the soil. That means our heart. We've got to prepare our heart and make our heart receptive to what God wants. We've got to read and meditate in God's word. We have to pray and listen to God. And then we've got to plant the right seed. First, we're going to plant the seed of salvation. Right? But then we're going to plant other seeds. We're going to plant seeds of love and of hope and, and of charity. And we're going to avoid planting those other bad seeds, the seeds of bitterness and envy, jealousy, hate. We're going to avoid those seeds. And then we're going to keep out the weeds. We're going to, we're going to minimize the distractions. I won't say we can get away with eliminating all of them, but we're going to get, a, we're going to get as many of them out of the way as we can, right? We're going, to, we're going to take time. We're going to discipline ourselves to take time for God. This You have to discipline. And in the end, right, we're going to expect a good crop because God has promised us a good crop. We have to fight the good fight. We can't give up. We have to fight and we have to stick with it. We can't just start today and quit. We've got to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And, and as the earth in this springtime starts this renewal thing, let, let's Bob, let's Bob renew his efforts to make my spirit man strong, healthy, alive, and, and show Jesus in me everywhere I go. All right, I hope you got something out of that. I know I did. The, the, uh, the soil, the seed, the weeds, the crop, right? Four things. That's, those are the things you need to take care of. Gotta make that soil fertile. Gotta make sure you plant the right seeds and get those bad seeds out of there. The bad seeds, mm -mm -mm, it'll eat you alive. Right. And keep the weeds out. Don't be distracted by everything that comes along. And stick in there. Stay with the faith. Perseverance. Diligence. Leave a legacy that people can look back on your life and say, that was a man or a woman of God. Amen. That's what.
Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your, for your word, Father. And we thank you for what it means to us. And Father, we, we thank you that in this time of new beginnings, that we can have new beginnings, that we can make our spirit man strong and, and vibrant, and that we would show Jesus everywhere we go and in everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.